This is About to Drop, a podcast where I interview independent artists about music that they're about to release. In each episode, I'll have a conversation with a new artist to talk about where they came from, how they got started in music, and most importantly, what they're going to be releasing next. We'll cover all sorts of topics, including the writing process, recording, producing, and even things like marketing, branding, and promotion. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of About to Drop. I'm here with Harlow and Mesh. Did I get that right? That's yeah. perfect, okay. yeah. <laughs> how are you guys doing today? Good, yeah. Good, great, how are you? Good, good. Uh, we were talking earlier, I, I got, uh, we were supposed to do this yesterday, my whole day got kind of uh, away from me, so today I've just been like catching up and doing all the things that I was supposed to do yesterday, so yeah having a, a busy sunday um but yeah why don't you guys uh, tell me a little bit about yourself like um you know how you got started in music where did you meet just like take us back from the very beginning sure do you want to start um sure um i have been doing music my whole life i was classically trained in opera and piano and then as i got a little older i realized i really liked R&B music <laughs> and um, kind of switched over and just uh, taught myself how to sing in more of like an R&B style. Um, and I went to recording school and also music school um, here in Vancouver. And I set up, the, how we met is that I organized uh, like a songwriting session day um, and because I wanted to connect with more people who were writing and producing, and so I set up a day at Redgate Art, Redgate Art Society, and um, Mesh came to the songwriting day, and um, basically it was like a challenge to see what you could come up with in four or five hours, and then present at the end of the session to um, all the different groups, and we were in the same group, so yeah, we just decided to work on another song after that. That's awesome. So, so was that relatively uh, recent that you had the songwriting day? Maybe like a um, a little yeah, under a year ago. Probably okay. a bit under a year ago. It was actually. It's funny because um, the way I heard about the event is one of my friends who, like, I used to make music with about ten years ago. She, who we don't, we haven't made music together in so long. And mm -hmm. she called me one day and said, "Hey, to the songwriting event tomorrow, do you want to go?" And my initial reaction was no, because I just didn't want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess I was just like, you know what, you should go do new things, go try new things. I just ended up going for the songwriting thing. And like uh, Harlow said, we were in the same group, and she had such a wicked voice. And at the mm -hmm. end of it, I was like, I need to work with this girl. <laughs> so I just kind of approached her, and then yes. Yeah, do you want to work on something? So yeah, we set it up after that. That's awesome. Yeah. And and how, uh, Mesh, how did you get into music? Um, I think I've always been into music. I remember ever since I was a kid, my parents had like Elvis, like VHS tapes, like Elvis and Tom Jones and Michael Jackson. So I, I was always into kind of that older stuff. And then my brother got me into Biggie and Tupac uh, <laughs> a little while later. Mm -hmm. I started rapping, I guess, when I was like 16. And then um, I kept asking my, I'm from Sri Lanka originally. Mm -hmm. I kept asking my parents if I can go to like music school and you like the culture there. It's, uh, you know, you got to go be a doctor, engineer, or mm -hmm. a lawyer. So I <laughs> ended up going to engineering, uh, for engineering 
uh, in university. I dropped out. I went to business because my dad said, I don't care what you do. You need to go get a degree. So when I got a business degree and then mm -hmm. after that, I went to uh, audio uh, audio school, which uh, which was about two, no, about three years ago now. Mm -hmm. So just kind of been like more focused on it now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Indian. Like, I, our, my my family's Indian, so I I, yeah. I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> thankfully, though, I went to I went to school for a studio production, and, and like, thankfully, my parents oh, cool. have been um, super supportive, like the whole time. Oh, that's great. Um, I mean, they, they forced me to do music from a super young age, which I hated, but like <laughs> now now I'm happy that they did because like it's it just like makes sense, you know? Because I grew up with it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, my parents are supportive. Mm -hmm. Like they, they are supportive now. Like, but it was kind of like get the degree first, right? And then, <laughs> you know, and then do whatever you want to do. So in in Vancouver, um, obviously, I, well, I'm in the states, so obviously it's different. But does is like school covered for you guys, like university and things like that? No, it's no. expensive. You, you had to like buy three degrees or or two degrees rather. Oh. Yeah, I have got tons of student debt. <laughs> yeah, so, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. so that's that's not just a uh, uniquely U uh, U.S. thing. Okay. Oh no, no, no not at all. No. I mean, I mean, like obviously, public schools and stuff. They they have public schools, and there's lots of scholarship options, grant options, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But in general, no, you definitely have to pay. Yeah, even if you do get scholarships here and there it's like not even enough yeah even your even the student loans aren't really even enough to cover so you also have to have a job when you go to school mm -hmm. when i went to um recording school i worked from nine to five and then i went to school from five to ten at night wow yeah <laughs> yeah her, her school is like double as expensive as the one i went to as well like i looked at her one and it was out of my it's out of my budget and i was like yeah. no <laughs> it was out of my budget too <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy um, and so how recently have you guys graduated? Um, I've been about three years now. Okay. Right. I think, uh, two years, mm -hmm. maybe one or, one or two years. Or, I don't know. Somewhere around there. <laughs> so, uh, so after graduating then what, um, it's like, okay, you got your, your schooling done, your degrees. Now you're out in the real world. What have you guys been doing? Are you... I imagine you're like supplementing your music by having like other jobs as well, or are you able to do music full time yet? Oh, I the goal is to do music full time for sure. Mm -hmm. I um I work in film. Okay. Um, I used to be an actor when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Um, and then now I just basically I'm just doing background acting. Um, and that pays the bills. <laughs> um. And luckily, and I there's a lot of downtime, so I just bring my computer to set, and I uh, yeah I've I've actually sometimes you're you're not doing anything for twelve hours, mm -hmm. and you, <laughs> there's a little coffee station and like snacks. So yeah. I've been really lucky to be able to have a number of days where I can just work on music in a little corner mm -hmm. on a home set. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, that's, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And get <laughs> no smart. Yeah, I, I have a couple of the people that I'm working with or have worked with that also like are actors, actresses, and like work in film and stuff. And yeah, same thing. They say it's just super long days, tons of downtime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that's smart if you can make use of that time, right? You're already there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. For uh, 
So yeah, for me, after graduation, I just spent a lot of time really trying to upgrade my skills. Like you learn a ton, and even after you graduate, I felt, at least in my case, I was nowhere near at the level where you can produce a competitive record. Mm -hmm. Like that's in terms of mixing, in terms of sound design, in terms of um, just even like getting the gear to work so it's you're like what you're putting through it sounds good and comes out in a professional way. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time doing that, but then also like a DJ on the side, regular gigs, do like more corporate work. It's not necessarily shows that are my music. I'm still mm -hmm. kind of building up my catalog and stuff for that. But um, I was working at a restaurant for about a year, I want to say, after my graduation, but then I left that about, yeah, about like two years ago, and just been kind of focusing on, on music since then. That's great. So, so what are your what do your days look like? Um, I'm actually like I do a lot of spiritual work. So my mornings, I do meditation, I do yoga, and then hit the gym generally. Mm -hmm. And then after gym and lunch, I get to work around one o'clock, and then I'll, I'll I'll work till depends on depends on the day, depends on what mm -hmm. I'm trying to get done. About six, eight. Sometimes I'll take a break, have dinner, and then get back to work to mm -hmm. wait or sometimes I'll just relax just kind of really depends on the day but um, I'm really trying to get a hang of the business side of it now because I sure. got the music skills there now and the business end is another whole beast to learn it's a lot yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and no, I'm just curious because like I you know I'm I'm doing this full time so I'm curious like how other people are breaking up their days because everyone works like differently some people work real late at night I tend to work better in the mornings um, you know when the sun is out and I have coffee in my veins <laughs> fresh energy exactly exactly um, very cool so how uh, how would you guys describe your sound um, together I think this track is kind of like lo-fi chill R&B mm -hmm. um, and then my solo stuff is a little bit more jazz influenced and hip hop influenced, mm -hmm. but uh, this track, yeah, is more like chill R and B. Yeah, yeah, this this track definitely it, it's got that R and B lo-fi vibe. We wanted really like kind of something spacey, um, in the sense of like immersive, like mm -hmm. more so immersive, you know. Um, my style, I don't really have a style like that's something I'm still kind of working on. I don't even know if I want to commit to a certain genre like i vibe with so many different types of styles i work with artists of different like who have different tastes mm -hmm. so i, I I'm, I'm, I'm very i guess i like to adapt to kind of whatever the song calls for sure well yeah i mean as a producer i think we have to do that you know mm -hmm. it's like we're working with different people all the time so we have to be flexible to like get what works for them you know Instead of Absolutely. trying to just, like, impose what you do, you know, on somebody. Totally. Uh, but, totally. but then again, as an artist, like, you have to be a little more, uh, well, you don't have to, but, like, you know, typically artists tend to be a little more, like, niched into a genre or have, like, a specific mm -hmm. sound or brand about them, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's what everyone has been telling me. <laughs> They're like, you need to stick to one particular style for your brand. Um I don't really want to be limited in that way, to be honest. But I know that, you know, it's the business of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, one of my favorite producers are uh, Boombox Cartel. Mm -hmm. And 
Boombox has, man, they have stuff from the dirtiest bass you've ever heard to yeah. like beautiful, like, get, you know, kind of like guitar influenced pop tracks and mm -hmm. everything in between, and they're killing it. Yeah, some of my favorite artists, I hear multiple genre influences throughout their albums. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. It's a hard. It's, hard. it's a hard thing to try, to try to hone in on as an artist. Yeah, you know, I was. I think the last person that I had on as a guest, we were talking about this, but I, th I think, um, I think what, what you know, what we kind of came down with was, when you're like new, it's maybe more beneficial to like be specific. Yeah. So, right. So to kind of like set the groundwork and like set the yeah. expectation, and then yeah. over time you can start branching off a little bit. So there's like a point of reference for your your fans to kind of like know where you're coming from yeah, yeah. You know what i mean yeah. instead of like throwing yeah. too much shit at them and then they have like no idea what you're yeah. about you know yeah exactly but I, I, I agree <laughs> i agree with that mm -hmm. but but i get not wanting to be like put in a box either mm -hmm. it's like this fine line you have to try and figure out <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. i mean and like the, the music landscape changes relatively quickly too you know like mm -hmm. Like, if you look at electronic music, stuff like what uh, Martin Garrix and, like, you know, Armin Van Buren, you see a lot of big room stuff, but big room's, like, it's fading. I mean, I'm sure there's still the niche, the, like, the right. niches of yeah. things, but, like, as far as EDM goes, a lot of it's transferring over to bass music and stuff now. Mm -hmm. So, like, the landscape changes pretty quickly. I mean, like, you used to hear those those trap hi-hats and everything and they're kind of <laughs> yeah getting down a bit more i mean it's still big mm -hmm. yeah it's funny whenever i i'm doing a track i'm like should i put those fucking hi-hats in because like yeah. <laughs> is it even gonna be cool anymore <laughs> i yeah. think the hi-hats are on their way out to be honest like the over hi-hat overkill yeah, yeah. I think it's way out. <laughs> that's funny uh, but yeah so um why don't we talk a little bit about the song so we you you've been mentioning about what was the title of it Oh, it's called Craving You. Um, that's awesome. I mean, you, you guys sent it over. It sounds great. Um, Thanks, man. Can you tell us a little bit about how it uh, came together? Yeah. So um, the first time Harlow and I met, uh, there's, a, there's like an office, a SoCan office here. We met up there, and it was generally the first meeting was just uh, a visual, like, what was our vision? for the track what kind of track did we want to make what kind of style did we want to make so we agreed pretty much within like the first like 10 15 yeah. minutes on like what the style was that we wanted and yeah totally we yeah clicked really quickly i think within the first hour um harlow had played a chord progression in and we're like let's go with that mm -hmm. and everything was basically built around that chord progression from there that makes it yeah <laughs> And I think that we recorded in the on the first day we recorded the verse and pre-chorus and chorus. Just um, kind of uh, demo, yeah. Yeah, we recorded, but like we pretty much decided on what it was going to be like the first day, mm -hmm. I think. And mm -hmm. then we went back later on and went to a bigger studio to record the whole song over again. Okay, so did you use like the um, like the full size studio just to do vocals, or did you do like more work in there? So the full side studio, it's uh, it's actually from SAE. It's the school I went to. They have a they have a graduate program. Mm -hmm. So if you pass a certain test, they let you rent out the studio, and not really rent out. They give you the studio basically mm -hmm. for a certain <laughs> amount of time. And um, 
so we did the vocals in there and then basically all the production was done in the home studio mm -hmm. and then everything kind of mixing mastering was gone we went back to the big studio and vocals yeah and vocals yeah and vocal recording um, except like all of the background we had a couple of background vocals which harlow did in her own place and just sent it over nice um, did you uh, self-mix this one also, uh, mix and master, or did you, did you guys send that out? No, so it was self-mixed and mastered. I did, uh, there's an artist here named Kremoti. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been making some waves in that community, and he's a, he's a wizard when it comes to engineering. Mm -hmm. So I did a mix of the song, kind of like, I did a mix of it in my, in my uh, bedroom, and then I sent it to him. And then he, uh, we decided just to meet up and I went to his place and he went down his mix notes. Basically he had made notes on everything, mm -hmm. went through the mix notes, showed me what his ideas were. And it really made a big difference to the overall, uh, quality of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it sounds, <laughs> it does sound really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I assumed you sent it out to like a dedicated mix engineer or something. No, like, yeah, it was basically I got notes from him and I took his notes home. Like, we did some of it. He showed me kind of what his I, his thoughts were mm -hmm. when we were in person. And then he said to uh, send it. He said to go home, work on it, send it back. So I did that. But it was kind of, I did it kind of late because he actually came back, back at me with some more mixed notes because his ear is, uh, his ear is great. <laughs> yeah. I think I sent you some mixed notes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always sent me a bunch of mixed notes, especially with, I think, uh, with bass. Right, like I think he wanted the bass up a bit, uh, at least the presence of the bass, and uh, he wanted the vo like we had some we had some things with the vocal. Like, did we want it stronger here? Did we want it to? It's like harmonies and the mm -hmm. piano levels yeah. and stuff like that. Especially the first verse, I think we had such a strong second verse. Harlow was like, "Yo, we need to pump up this first verse a bit more." Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And were, were the mixed notes more like about um, like more technical, or were they like? Uh, stuff about arrangement as well. Mm, I think more like levels, yeah, like uh, bring up, put down the piano in this section, bring up the bass in this section, sure. bring up the harmonies here, mm -hmm. put them down in this section. Totally, yeah. totally. With a balance, yeah, the real right. balance of instruments and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm really picky about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes I sense. Feel like one of the hardest things I was like. When, when it comes to mixing, isn't just getting the right balance, it's how it translates to different speakers. Oh my gosh, that's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. Yeah, yeah. You're listening on your like professional speakers and it sounds amazing and then you go and you play it on your laptop where like most of the population is going to be listening. Mm -hmm. Most of the population is going to be listening to your song on like crappy speakers. Oh, like an iPhone, you know? Yeah. So it's like you have <laughs> to make it sound good on these crappy speakers, which is like so annoying that you have to compromise mm -hmm. what you're hearing on your good speakers. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think that's one of the main challenges of mixing actually. For sure. I think so. Yeah. Maybe we should all just mix on iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Just set the standard. Uh, but yeah, no, you're totally right. That stuff is so tough. Like I used to mix all of my um, artists' music, but like never quite got it right, you know. So now I've just been like sending it out to someone, and it's just it just saves time. Yeah, you know, we can put that work on them. It frees me up to do other things. That's true. I, I found that as well with a lot of my tracks. And the other thing is that when you work on a song for so long or you mm -hmm. put so much time and effort into something, it's always good to get a second perspective on it because mm -hmm. 
like you've just been hearing it over and over again <laughs> for months so you might like be a little bit biased in how you're hearing it mm -hmm. so I think getting a second ear on it is always a good thing whether or not you're amazing at mixing yeah and that, that that's totally true and like one thing I do like I'll spend a lot of time on like little details or a synth patch or something like that so like mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like well I spent all this time on this thing I want to hear it you know but it might not actually be helpful to the song or, or relevant you know yeah. So having right. someone else that can just be like, no, like this is how it should sound. Absolutely. You know, so they can be a little more objective about it. Yeah, and about saving time as well. Like mm -hmm. I, I like to. I, I'd rather have like an extra day free to like write, write another song, mm -hmm. write a new song, work on some pr like production elements to a song rather than spending all that time mixing. Mm -hmm. So I do agree with you in that sense. Just frees up your time to get yeah. someone else to do it too. Right. Right. Um, so do you also uh, produce Harlow or do you, do you, are you more of a songwriter? Um, yeah, I produce as well. I went to school for music production, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so I, I like to record and I like to comp and I like to arrange things, um, but when it comes to like the super nitty gritty technical stuff, again, I'd rather just spend my time writing a song mm -hmm. than like, getting so in depth with it that, you know, yeah. oftentimes it's just required that you need to like spend 12 hours on like one tiny little making the yeah. drum sound good and to mm -hmm. me that's not the best use of my time so yeah i've kind of just tried to focus more on like vocals and songwriting because i think it all starts with a good song Absolutely. and it's actually really hard to write a good it to is. write a good song mm -hmm. just like melody wise so i think the smartest thing to do is to get really good at one or two aspects of music making Mm -hmm. and uh, rather than trying to be a mediocre generalist at everything. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I dabble and I do do production, but um, I try to focus my time on songwriting and vocals more. Gotcha. Yeah, and for, like, every person that, that is more interested in in one aspect of it, there's someone else that's more interested exactly. in another aspect. That's, that's going to do a better yeah. job, you know? Exactly. You want to focus on where your strengths are mm -hmm. rather than just like spending way too much time. Like, <laughs> and yeah, and I think that that's what makes for strong collaborations, right? Is when you have people who excel at different parts of mm -hmm. the whole process, but you still have the vocabulary to be able to have a conversation about course, yeah. the other mm -hmm. elements of the song mm -hmm. in the production. For sure. Um, so for this one, um, did you handle most of the songwriting? Wrong? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Lyrics, melody. We definitely had some conversations about yeah, the lyrics. Like we, yeah, we, we like bounced met up ideas. A few times and, mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the body came from even some of your past works, or at least some of the, like, you had written a bunch of, you have, you have tons of lyrics, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We kind of just, I wrote a bunch of stuff, and then I kind of would be like, hey, like, which one do you like better? Mm -hmm. Um, what what sounds better to you? So, yeah, I definitely did mostly lyrics, melody, obviously vocals, right. and piano. And then he did most of like you know the beat and um, the instrumental mm -hmm. kind of um, production aspects, and sure. then we would obviously talk talk mm -hmm. back and forth about everything. Yeah. But we got our own kind of specialization. Gotcha. And yeah. what's, what's your songwriting process like? Oh, for me, um, I'm definitely like an improvisational songwriter. So we would come up with like a loop, like uh, say drums and piano some various instruments and we play that on loop and then 
Um, usually I just uh, set up a microphone and I'll just record like a million ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> and then kind of go through and listen to stuff and then highlight stuff um, that like sounds catchy and then kind of make a comp of, of that stuff and then um, go back and maybe workshop a few of the other ideas. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, mostly like improvising and then selecting from selecting the best parts of that improv. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've heard uh, Esther Dean writes like that. Oh, cool. Um, and then how about lyrics? So are you uh, writing, when you're like improvising stuff, are you also putting lyric ideas down or is it more melody? I'd say yeah, both um, lyrics and melody. Um, but I do do like separate, um, like just lyric writing days where I'll go like I'll have I'll just work on lyric writing mm -hmm. and so I have a database in my computer of all my ideas that haven't been used and then I'll when I'm doing the improv I've got my computer out and then I'll um, basically just like have my database of lyrics mm -hmm. out and then I'll just try a bunch of stuff on the page and I'll see what works mm -hmm. and I'll see if there's anything that fits with the vibe or mood of this of the track and then yeah I'll just I'll just try things that are there, and a lot. I feel like a lot of songwriting is just like try, trial and error, like yeah. trying stuff, seeing what sticks, mm -hmm. and then. Um, but I think the most important thing is melody um, mm -hmm. first. Getting like a Im improvised melody, kind of just singing like oohs and ahs, yeah. and then experimenting, putting different vowel sounds and different words in there, and just like seeing, seeing what happens. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like even. I think one of the key lines in our song was from her like lyric database where she was shooting things out and at one point she said, dopamine rush feels so lush. And we were like, whoa, that sounds cool. Like, let's put that in. Yeah. And that became like one of the key like parts of one of the, one of the hooks on it. Mm -hmm. And how long does it usually take, or well, how long did this song take to put together from like the, the track ideas to the, uh, to the song and, and all of that? Oh, you mean till like the till it was completely finished, or just like the songwriting? <laughs> um, I would say like the songwriting, right? Because like oh. all, like all the detail stuff that takes a long time, but like the the main mm -hmm. bulk of it, like how long did that take? Um, the like first lyrically. first verse, pre-chorus, and chorus was just a day, mm -hmm. and then um, the second verse. I think we did that a few weeks later. Yeah, yeah. Second verse was just yeah. A that was a few weeks later, and we did the, the, that part also in a day, so mm -hmm. two days. But then, like, in between that, I, would, I was trying, maybe there was a few moments when I was, like, trying to think of ideas, and I was writing like more ideas down like... for, the, for the verses. But, yeah, this song, it was, like, a very kind of, like, clear message, so it was, like, easy to, to think of things to yeah. put in there. And then also, like, yeah, when you already have a first verse down and you have this the the structure of the first verse and like you have um kind of like the the vibe of the first verse then mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot easier to mm -hmm. think of things for the second verse sure yeah 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 and um what what is the song about um i think it's about kind of like wanting wanting someone in a way that's addictive mm -hmm. and kind of like trying to like artistically paint a picture with the lyrics of like and capture that feeling mm -hmm. of like being addicted to somebody mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean like 
we were very careful in using lots of words that like imagery in it we really wanted to like give a sensual feeling even with the sounds used really wanted to put the listener in a place like in the setting almost when they listen to it like maybe even think of someone you know like just really get it to speak to the listener mm-hmm. so yeah it's definitely about just getting lost in that emotion of being addicted to someone and yeah. that that's a, that's a cool idea how how do you i'm curious how do you go about trying to get the listener in a place? Mm, I think definitely through, yeah, imagery. Um, and yeah. Or, mm-hmm. I think, like, one of, my favorite li- one of my favorite lines in the song is, um, you got me seeing watercolors, mm-hmm. or, like, I can feel your eyelashes flutter. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my, f- because they're just so, like, visceral yeah kind of like experiences that are like really detailed and visceral and kind of like um sensory sensory yeah, language sensory. Mm, sensory okay. yeah so like yeah yeah things that like talking about things you can feel or see mm-hmm. same thing with like the production like i really try to set like i guess it's called instead of a landscape like a soundscape yeah i mean if you think about if you're in a place you, you don't only hear songs that are sounds that are close to you you hear you know things that are far away you hear background noise and so like during the production there was a lot of what sounds should we put close what are things that should come in what are things that should fade away mm-hmm. so it's just gonna put you if you close your eyes and listen to it there's like i said we wanted to create that immersive atmosphere mm-hmm. where you feel like it's not just a, like you're not just listening to a song as in terms of I don't know, just like an everyday song, you're actually put in an environment. Mm-hmm. It's like an, more of a sensory experience in that sense. That's very cool. I mean, I've, I haven't put a ton of thought into, into actually like trying to put the listener into a space. Obviously when I'm like creating something, I'm, I want some depth of feature and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's cool to hear how you guys are using you know, just your lyrics to to put someone in a place also. So you're like hitting them with two different things at the same time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when is this one coming out? Valentine's. Without <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, there's also there's also a couple other projects you guys are working on too, right? Yeah. Uh, would you like to go into those a little bit? Yeah, I'll let you start, Harlow, because I know you got a yeah. couple of things in the works. Yeah, so I actually just finished my um, first EP. It's like my first full-length project um, a few weeks ago. So that's going to be coming out on Spotify, and it's called Someday, um, the whole EP. And it's more kind of like a jazz hip-hop kind of vibe, kind of like more like Erica Badu, like Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There's also an electro- electronic R&B song in it, though, that's kind of similar to this vibe as well. And, um, yeah, so there's that EP, and that's going to be out quite soon. And then also at the end of February, I've got another collaboration coming out, and it's um, with a producer named Kelland, and it's electronic R&B, but it's a bit more kind of upbeat, up-tempo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And uh, Mesh, you had something coming out as well, right? Yeah, so I'm working on two more originals. I'm hoping to get one uh, 
released in March, which is called Went Away. And um, there's another one, a good friend of mine. So that one, I'm actually working with two people I went to school with. Um, they actually don't even, I don't even think they know I'm still working on it because we went to school so <laughs> so long ago and we had kind of abandoned the project. But um, I, I still have hope for it. So I'm kind of hoping to surprise them with the, with the finished track and see what they think of that and then mm -hmm. do a release together. And then another friend from school named Jacob Hoskins, we have, uh, we're trying to do kind of a, a, a Vici tribute. Avicii's been such like a big influence in the industry. You know, we all grew grew up listening to him, and um, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, but it was like it's very, it yeah. I, I highly recommend. It. It's like a very emotional documentary, and it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix, yeah. yeah. And you know, like his loss is a big. It, it was, I mean, him, his death was a big loss to the community. So we really wanted a. We're really trying to make a track that embodies his music and his messages and because his music is so uplifting and I, I think that's why people really gravitated gravitated towards him mm -hmm. so really trying to do justice we're like going into his his works and analyzing it to really try and get that essence mm -hmm. that's very cool so how does um how does your collaboration here fit into like everything else is this just like a one-off are you planning on you know releasing something more substantial later, or, or are you just playing it by ear? <laughs> yeah, we haven't really discussed it. I mean, I would love working with Harlow again. It's it's been such a great experience. I mean, everyone I've, I've shown the track to about maybe five ten people, and like people always go off on how good her singing is. Mm -hmm. And uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, everyone's really it's it's been a great response to the track so far. So I mean. I mean, we haven't planned anything, but mm -hmm. and, and we both have projects kind of coming up. I mean, right. we're both working on stuff already, but mm -hmm. definitely, like, I'd love to, in the future, like, you know, talk about it and see, and see mm -hmm. where it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully people like this track, and yeah. hopefully we get some good feedback on it, mm -hmm. and then we'll make another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's just really cool. I, guys, I hope you do, because it, it does sound really good. And, like, a, a great singer will, like, really elevate a song and a track and, and so Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I've worked with uh, you know several people and it the, the even as an engineer the editing process mm -hmm. is so different working with like a great singer versus like an average good singer mm -hmm. take a lot more time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but then you know the ones you need a lot of work with, you start getting really good at editing and melodying. It's That's, practice. True, <laughs> That's true. Even with a even with a really great singer, you still have to. Yeah, there's still obviously it. processing and stuff. But yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, and especially for like pop music, like for like jazz yeah. and stuff like that, it, it there's. I'd imagine more wiggle room, but for like mm -hmm. pop music, that stuff's got to be right on. It's yeah. There's an ex expectation on how the vocals are going to sound, mm -hmm. whereas in, uh, yeah, other more like jazzier R&B, mm -hmm. you, you don't really want to touch the vocals, you don't want to melodyne or auto-tune it, yeah. but with mm -hmm. pop and pop, more pop style R&B, you, mm -hmm. even the best singer, you probably want to add a little bit of, yeah, a little bit yeah. of love to it. <laughs> yeah, just for that, like people expect to hear perfect vocals, mm -hmm. but there's that balance of not overtuning it so you still get oh. that soul and you still get that emotion that's the my biggest pet peeve is when people overtune their yeah. vocals yeah yeah it just yeah. sounds so unnatural 
Um, especially for pop music, one thing that I've um, been working on more is just like the timing. Like mm-hmm. in jazz R and B, you can be a little more like fluid with it. Yeah, like if it's like a pop song. Like the timing is like really important oh, too. Mm-hmm. Has to be everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I know people think like, oh, like pop, like it's so easy. Yeah. Like it's like no, it's not. Like no. pop is actually probably the hardest type of music to make. Yeah, has <laughs> the expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right about timing. It's not just the timing of like the main vocal. It's how like your doubles, your harmonies are all perfectly syllable for syllable. Yeah. In line. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, you got to use vocal line. Oh, do you? I've never, I haven't used it. I've heard like mixed reviews on it. So I do, I do everything manually because I've just heard mixed reviews, but. Um, I just, I, yeah, I, I just use it because I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, that sounds like an oxymoron, a lazy music producer. Yeah. I don't know if that exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, obviously making the music is the fun part. Uh, what are you guys doing to like promote and, and market for this? <laughs> oh man, promotion, it's been, it's just something we were talking about before uh, before this call with you, and it's another beast, like that's why I said trying to learn the business side is so crazy, like I've released a song that, like, I, like my last track, it got a decent response for my first original single on Spotify, but I had done promo for it, I released like songs which I thought were going to blow up because I like remixed Drake's like hottest song and I thought it was a good track and I was like, yo, this is going to blow up and it got like 200 plays, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like it was a big lesson in how much promo, the pre-promo, before the song comes out, you need to do promo work, contact the blogs, contact you know the playlist curators and so that's basically what we've been doing most of it's up to this point's been off submit hub um which for, if for people blogs, know, to get a hold of blogs yeah to get the blogs the curators the youtube curators and we've had some success on that so it's exciting so we already know there's some stuff already in place um the next rest of the week is just going to be kind of scraping emails and emailing them yeah. at that one by one you know mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a grind. That's a grind. <laughs> the part, the part is no fun. It's a grind, and also, um, you know, promo after the release is super important too. Of course, right? Because I'm sure you put. I, I've done it plenty of times. Like you, you put something out. There's buzz. Like it's, you know, you, you get a bunch of traffic to it, and then it just like drops off. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So you have to keep something to like keep interest going because you know not everyone's going to see it at the at the beginning. Yeah, and we're super thankful. Like you know, we got to connect with you as well. Like I think we met off the Make Pop Music group, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, it was nice to be here, and like we appreciate you having us here. I mean, this is helpful for me. Like, you know, it's it's totally a selfish thing because now I can like pick up <laughs> brains and like see what they're doing and learn from them. <laughs> of course, of course. So I definitely get something out of it too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, it's great to talk with other people who are doing something similar and like (laughs) it's I think it's a really important thing for artists to do even if it's just to like understand your own process Mm -hmm. um yeah no I think it's a really good really good thing to even talking to you about it like it's nice you have that production background you have the engineering yeah you have the background of the grind and you're asking us you know questions that are very like personal to the process Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I've done it plenty of times, so I'm curious how other people are yeah. doing it. Or if there's any and everybody, everybody does it differently. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's there's not one um, kind of like 
process recipe to it. Yeah. There's not uh-huh. a recipe that you can follow. And that's why I think that it's so hard to make music is because nobody can tell you how it, you're going to be able to find success yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. just like a constant learning process. And also I find like each song like comes together a little bit differently as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, sure. it's like, it's not always the same creative process for every song. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's elusive, quite elusive, yeah. <laughs> the whole process. Totally. It's def- definitely elusive. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, part of the reason I wanted to, you know, start this podcast was because I do talk to a lot of people and they all have like different stories about it. So mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a good way to like get it out there and like share with, you know, more people than just like me and whoever I'm talking to. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I think, uh, so what's the plan for the future for you guys? Like the next, what does the next month or six months or year look like for you? That's a good question. I mean, like I said, (laughs) we are, we are working on, um, or like me personally, at least I'm working on those two releases we spoke about Mm -hmm. earlier. I'm really going to try and, uh, I'm really trying to get into the sync and, uh, and, and beats world. So, um, I've been working with actually one of my friends, uh, his name, his name's Shervin, but his artist's name is Lotus, and we've been bumping out some beats. So I'm really going to be just trying to bust out, like set aside a month, make like 50 or 60 beats, mm-hmm. and just start marketing those. And then I just started two courses myself on uh, sync and how to get into the sync world, which is another whole crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. For me, yeah, um, just trying to figure out this whole music business side of things and mm-hmm. got like a million releases coming out. So just trying to monitor how those are going and like um, try to learn from those experiences and then also just writing new stuff. And um, yeah, writing better and better stuff, trying to. Trying to? Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially for, like, newer artists, it's important to, you know, notice what the reaction is like, especially if you're putting out a bunch of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that's how you, like, see what's working and, and what's not working, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I've, like, set a goal for myself to do a track, because last year was my first release, and I had one official release and the one uh, one remix. So my goal is this year is to put out a track every month. I mean, we'll see how it goes based on all my other goals. Like I just started this course last week, and it's mm-hmm. pretty heavy. Um, but that, that's the plan, a track a month, release yeah. this year. So we'll see how yeah. that goes. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like um, going through the process and trying to shorten the amount of time you're spending on each track yeah. as you continue to get better and better, um, like my EP, it was supposed to take five months, I think, and it ended up taking eight or nine months. Oh yeah, that so always happens. I think, yeah, <laughs> just like it all, things always take longer than you think, especially like the first few times that you try to do it professionally. But um, I'm doing my next project. I've already uh, kind of booked a studio for the end of February, early March, um, and I'm hoping that that project, I'm gonna try to cut down the amount of time yeah. um, that that takes <laughs> from like learning from the experience of the first EP. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to kind of like shorten, yeah, shorten the, the window of um, 
production to release. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, just doing it a lot, your like mm-hmm. intuition gets a little quicker. Exactly. And the thing is, that especially with the business side of it, once you have five, six, seven, whatever, ten releases under your belt, you already have everyone's email. You have the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, they start emailing. Not, mm-hmm. They're not cold relationships. You're trying to build yeah. and everything. And you know, if people start like, there's already been a couple of uh, channels who are like, "Yeah, we'd love to play your track." So, who are the first people I'm going to go to next time yeah, I have exactly. a song? It's people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a process. It's a. a it's just building, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things building, you know, a lot of different things that are all have to be built up at the same time. Um, cool. So, uh, where can people find and follow you online? Where are you guys most active? I'm most active on Instagram. Um, my Facebook, it's more like, uh, I do share stuff there. Uh, it's more friend, like friends I've met over the last however long Facebook's been open. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is kind of, I'm, I'm focusing more on my business content, more production content. I'm actually going to, I was just talking to Taylor um, Harlow mm-hmm. um, about uh, how I want to start kind of breaking down the track we just did into just parts for like new producers, just kind of, hey, this is how this is how we did the the bass and the drums and this is how they, you know, they work together. This is how, just, just started breaking down smaller videos for is up and coming producers, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, mostly most of it's on Instagram. But like this track is on basically anywhere that streams music. It's on Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So cool. Um, yeah, I'm definitely most active on Instagram as well. Um, my handle on Instagram is Sound Sculptor, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, on Spotify is Harlow. <laughs> Okay, I gotta write these down so I can put them in the show notes. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, I know it's like Sunday evening over here. I gotta get dinner going. Yeah. I don't want to keep you guys super late. Um, but yeah, can you just remind everyone like um, um, your guys' name, the the name of the song, when it's gonna be released, and all that important information? Of course, yeah. So my name's Mesh. My my full name is him. Like my real name is Himesh. Um, my artist name is Mesh, spelled M three S H. And uh, yeah, the track's coming out. It's called Craving You. It's coming out February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. Very cool. Um, all right, cool guys. Well, um, unless you have anything else you want to plug or chat about, uh, this sounds like a good good spot to uh, to wrap up. No, I think that's everything. Yeah. yeah, I think that's everything. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thank you so us. much. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. <laughs> now we'll be in touch. We look forward to see the, seeing the episode air. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and checking touch. out all. I'm going to check out some of the other podcasts. Oh, yeah, for got. sure. Yeah. I'll send you guys all the links and everything. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sure. Thanks okay. so much. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of About to Drop. For more info, please go to our page, www.vertigomusic, that's V-R-T-I-G-O music.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Thanks and see you soon.